is trying to impeach him. I don't mean any disrespect, but it must suck to be that dumb. That's uh, Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana, who likes saying uh, funny things. Yeah, but usually he goes for at least slightly clever. It must suck to be that dumb. I'm going to start using that on people all over the place. But it must <laughs> suck to be that dumb. I just, I, I, I'm bummed out <laughs> as well because there's no way Nancy Pelosi is dumb. Oh, no, heck no. She's obviously not. evil. She's calculating. She's a hundred different things, but dumb ain't one of them. And I just, I don't know. Politics is so sickening. Man, we're in a bad place, uh, discourse-wise. Um, so I says you dumbass. I think Elizabeth Warren is finished. Uh, even though she's uh, at the top of the poll in Iowa, you know, and climbing nationally. Oh, and it just looks more and more polls have reinforced that old Joe is in fourth in Iowa. Woof. Anyway. The reason, Elizabeth the, Warren being doomed. The reason I think she's finished is the number of heavyweight Democrats who say she can't win. And uh, they were saying that a long time ago. And particularly since she released that giant Medicare plan that she came out with a couple of weeks ago with the $52 trillion and all that sort of thing. Uh, that uh, that one person called, uh, Bill Gaston called, the longest suicide note in recorded history, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, her long health care plan. Yeah. Um, there are heavyweight Democrats coming out and putting their names on, <clears throat> you know, on this comment on TV or in an article in a newspaper saying, look, this is terrible. Like Rahm Emanuel on, on ABC this week with George Stephanopoulos, mm-hmm. uh, chief of staff to Barack Obama, saying, no, this this can't happen. Here's why it can't happen. It's a terrible idea. Um you're not just murmurings behind the scenes, but they're they're obviously trying to lead the conversation in their own party away from right. her. Well, and I've heard it said she'd lose 48 states. You know, they're probably right, but I just I got to remember how many Republicans said the same thing about Trump. He can't possibly win. Almost the mirror image, the same sort of heavyweights in the Republican Party yeah. saying this is a disaster if he gets the nomination. Right. He can't win. Yeah. And he ignored them all and then won, obviously. Um. And there's some similarities between Liz and and Trump. They're kind of mirror images of each other in a way. I mean, her free everything Santa Clausian campaign is is just ridiculous. But it it's got a we're going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. If you're going to be fair, if you're going to be fair, and I wanted Donald Trump to win on election night, and I'll probably want him to win on this next election night. Um, but if you're going to be fair, he the build a wall. Mexico's going to pay for it. Nobody really thought that was going to happen. It hasn't happened, right? Um, the we're going to pay down the national debt in eight years. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things he said without touching entitlements. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of things he said that nobody's even attempted to start, right? So there's plenty of things he has done. Oh, but, absolutely. But some of the big marquee stuff nobody expected it to happen. It was just. It was a message to the base. The judges, regulations, the tax cuts, there's all kinds of stuff he did. Oh, yeah. the, the actually trying to enforce immigration and all Hoorah! that sort of stuff. No doubt about it. But um, it is. we just might live in an era now where you say really overtop things to, uh, to signal your enthusiasm. Yeah. I guess. And that, you know, there, there are a number of people who have picked up on something. And maybe we said it first, but other people have picked up on the Elizabeth Warren's health care plan might be 
I'll build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. It's the same rhetorical flourish. Yeah. Might be. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, Steve Ratner, lifelong Democrat, New York Times op-ed yesterday. Um, and the fact that he wrote this, I'm sure after consulting with friends and the New York Times printed it, means there are the long knives are out for Elizabeth Warren. We got to stop this. She's going to lose. He wrote in the New York Times, among other Just things. The long knives. Is that an Indian reference? Is that uh, wasn't supposed a little to be. uncomfortable? Hatchet, war path, peace pipe. None of it's appropriate, Jack. Leave it out. You're better than that. He worked in the Obama Treasury Department. He campaigned for Hillary Papoose, Clinton. Papoose, teepee, etc. He says, as a lifelong Democrat, I freely acknowledge that substantial reforms are much needed. But Warren's way would be quite simply the wrong way. She calls herself a capitalist, but her panoply of minutely detailed plans suggest otherwise. That's a heck of a thing to say in a New York Times piece that Donald Trump and other Republicans can refer back to if she's the candidate. Look, mm-hmm. Steve Ratner, the guy on Morning Joe, every day on MSNBC, said she's lying when she says she's a capitalist. Wow. He said, uh, if you want to live in France, Elizabeth Warren should be your candidate. That's a heck of a thing to say. <laughs> yeah, a lot of nice stuff there in France. If you want to live in France, and it says in parentheses economically, oh. if you want to live in France, Elizabeth Warren should be your, your, your candidate. That's giving so much ammunition to Trump and every Republican who goes on a cable news show right. if she ends up being the nominee, and he knows that. Yeah. He's trying to kill her candidacy before she ends up being the candidate. Can you picture Donald Trump saying turning America into France about a million times. Would you like me to read from the New York Times for you? This is a failing New York Times. Seriously. On Morning Joe, and they hate me. They said she's not a capitalist and she's going to turn America into France. That's pretty good stuff. Mm. You could quote that on a debate stage. The two of them debating would be so ugly and so insane. Also, Jack, worth noting, it's two people who always wear exactly the same thing. There are both one outfit people. More Steve common, Jobsian. More common among men, because you can do that. I just wear a blue suit every day or dark suit every day. Right. With a reddish tie. Right. Black jumpsuit, long red sweater. Every damn day for Liz Warren. Or whatever you call it. T- 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 yoga pants and a blouse or something. I'm a guy, damn it. I don't know these words. She's de- <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely a spry, energetic 70-year-old, though. Yes. I should be so spry in it. Well, I'm not now, so why would I be when I'm 70? <laughs> <That> seems unlikely. <laughs> be a weird turn of events. Unless you're Barry Bonds, you usually don't get more <laughs> spry as you age. Uh, sorry. But I just I think that's interesting. And, you know, your parallel with Trump, I guess, means that she could overcome it. But boy, yeah. when you got your leading candidate, the, the one that's got a lot of enthusiasm and everything out there, and the big people in the party are coming out saying, no, 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 no. Terrible idea. I don't know how that turns out. This could be both incredibly ugly and incredibly pathetic, this election cycle. And it's just a continuation of, and it's tough to put your finger on it or or nail down exactly what's happening, but the old ways of running a democracy, I realize we're a republic, the old ways of running our system of government are just not working for people anymore. And nobody's quite sure what to do about it, but they know they want to give it the finger. They know that they 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 do not want the calm, reasonable, same old. 
Where this ends, nobody knows. But I guess we'll all stay tuned. Huh? One, one last note so we can get away from politics when we're done is uh, USA Today today. Bull market historically loves re-election years. And that is, well, I'll read the first paragraph. Election day is a year away and stocks are poised to keep rising over the next 12 months with an incumbent in office if history is any indication. And that, on average, over the last 70 years, uh, the stock market has climbed 10% on average during election years when you've got a sitting president running for re-election. Um, and about the, only thing that could, about the only thing that could doom Trump unless he does something crazy again uh, would be the, the, the uh, economy turning on him. Mm-hmm. What's the chances he does if he survives the Ukraine thing, the impeachment thing? What's the chance he can stay away from doing something else that gets him in trouble over the next year? Zero. Zero? <laughs> oh, yeah, he'll do something ridiculous. It's guaranteed. I mean, it's absolutely guaranteed. And but it must suck to be that dumb! And his uh, his followers, his, his true fans, will roll their eyes and continue to support him. His detractors will screech about it as if it's the worst thing they've ever seen. And then we'll all show up first Tuesday in November and... See how it goes. Well, and I'm telling you... I'm with the, what was it, 56 percent of America? What was the percentage you thought he'll get reelected? 56 percent. Right. Enough Trump talk. Yeah, absolutely. Damn it. A transgender man, and I always have to nail down that. Okay, so that's somebody who currently identifies as a man. Pretty about, uh, was they born had a woman? Nip and tuck or whatever. This is a. A transgender man is somebody that was born a woman and is now a man? Yes. Okay. But it's never clear pre-op, post-op, no-op whatsoever. I just identify because anything goes. But a transgender man said, women won't date me, and that is not fair. Okay, we'll discuss that. It's discrimination. Sounds like a good one. Hetero women will not date this feller who's still physically a woman, and he is angry. Stay with us, and probably get a notebook, and you'll want to dry arrows and stuff. Armstrong and Getty. So fine, do the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you people call do not read the details of that horror in Mexico. Do not read the details. You don't need to know them, and you will not forget them. They're hor- horrifying. And they and the guy they caught at the border. Remember that was a story yesterday. No, he had nothing to do with it. Right? Yeah. I think let it suffice to say the drug cartels are every bit as brutal as ISIS. Absolutely every bit as brutal Certainly as Certainly in that neighborhood. Did you follow the El Chapo trial? The things he did? Great Scott. He and El Baghdadi, they could, uh, they could trade uh, tricks back and forth. So in a lengthy op-ed recently published in Vice, at vice.com, a transgender man named Lee Hurley, that is a biological woman presenting herself as a man. She's still physically a gal. She was lamenting the supposed epidemic of cisgendered women and men who ghost transgenders when they find out that the person is a transgender. Arguing well, I'll, I'll that bet that's be- pretty high. I'll bet that's pretty high. I think it would be near 100%. Arguing that they have been brainwashed to have such a limited view of how gender and sexuality works. Before we go further with this, the fact that there's one in my mind, crazy person espousing a crazy point of view online 
doesn't prove anything, really. Um, it, it doesn't impugn anybody else like him or whatever. I think it's a really good example, though, of somebody who's swallowed the outer edges of this ideology whole and is completely blinded to reality. And I mean, like, can't recognize humans humans and how they behave. So this would be, I'm passing myself off as a woman or like as, a an man. On, or as a man on yeah. online dating. Yeah. And then when uh, I meet a woman somewhere. Yeah. According to Mr. Hurley, dating life was an easier racket back when she identified as a lesbian, but that all changed after becoming a transgender man. And I quote, as a trans guy, the majority don't seem to know what to make of me, so they run away. I've played around with the big reveal, and I know the two are linked. It's hard not to see a connection when you arrange a second date, drop the T-bomb, and then she cancels in the next breath. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a pretty major thing. Lee then conducted several experiments to see how this transgender bias played out among cisgender single women by setting up three dating profiles. Keeping in mind now, he and Vice were writing about this as how incredibly unfair and prejudiced it is. Three dating profiles in which only one was listed as transgender. Unsurprisingly, the transgender profile received the least amount of replies versus the other two. I won't lie, it got to me for a while, lamented Lee. I'd be chatting with a woman, making her laugh and seemingly getting on well. Then I'd tell her and she'd vanish, over and over and over. Before dates, during dates, after dates, it didn't matter. The result was almost always the same. And why? Um, Where was that phrase? So I go to meet. I'm doing the online dating thing. Oh, a thing. limited view of how gender and sexuality works. I'm doing the online dating thing. I'm communicating back and forth with this woman I found uh, interesting and attractive enough to go meet for coffee. Right. And then when I meet her for coffee, she, I realize or she tells me she's actually a dude. Yes. And I'm supposed to say, oh, that's fine. No, you've, you've, you've flipped it. It's a it's presenting as a male, right? But he's, no, but he's talking using, about in his life. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm trying to per- picture me in the office. Yes, Mike. So I Pull get there, the cord. and and she, and she reveals, or I figure out, she's actually a guy. Right. And I'm supposed to have no reaction to that. Unless you have a limited view of how gender and sexuality works. Yeah, yeah exactly right. Oh, so uh, trying to figure out why this was happening. Uh, this Lee Hurley person then uh, went into Reddit to see what people had to say. Why do women vanish when I tell them I'm a trans guy? He posted on Dating Advice. Um, uh, that's not the, the, It's probably the genital issue, replied one person. Um, that's a, I would assume it's the thought that you don't have a penis that puts them off, said another. In response, he boasted a drawer full of word we don't use around here. With a size to suit every pleasure. So you got a drawer full of sex toys? Um, and then, then compares uh, them favorably with real male genitalia. Hmm. Ultimately, Lee concluded that this supposed ignorance stems from an unfair standard that society hold, holds transgender people to. Liking it to women having to list their fertility status on dating apps or men to have to share their penis size. That really is the whole issue in a nutshell. We hold trans people to a higher standard than anyone else when it comes to dating. We are require of them more than we ask of others, all while constantly sending the message that trans people are somehow less than. The reality is being trans is a magic sorting hat. As tough as it is to have people vanish when you tell them who you are, it does me a favor. By telling them that one thing about me, their reaction tells me everything I need to know about them. 
That is so delusional. I told you one thing about me. The fact that I, in, in my example I was using, the fact that I actually have a penis. Right. And you left. And I well, left. Well, that tells me everything I need to know about you. Hmm. Well, in effect, you're right. Yeah, that's actually a, a good mindset. Be open with who you are and people who run from that you don't want to be with. Right. And gals who date guys want guys. Not gals who say, I feel like a guy, because that ain't the same. No matter how many times you teach college freshmen, it is the same, or might as well be the same. It's just not. Mm. I wish you health and happiness in all your future endeavors. Interesting. The drawer full of sex toys is also, it's a hurtful argument. I mean, I understand that they're more reliable, theoretically. It's not the same thing, sir or madam. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, Bernie's border declaration is causing a lot of comment. Yeah, we, I'll bet. We got critics of uh, Elizabeth Warren's tax the rich plans coming out of all sides of the political spectrum. I think the path is being opened up every day for Pete Buttigieg. Pete and Amy. And they, they could win big. Who do the money people want? Have they said that? Are they sticking with the crazy old man? Not Not Bernie, but the other one? Joe? I don't know. Oh, they've got to be terrified. Yep. Or Hillary? I don't know. Hillary? How dare you, sir? (laughs) (laughs) We just came across this. China is going to start limiting how much time you can spend playing video games, apparently. For uh, for people under the age of eighteen, they're they're putting limits on it. So uh, the, the the government deciding, not not the parents. China is asshole. Wow, that's what happens. Strong in stuff. Other countries. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Bernie Sanders is now calling for decriminalizing illegal border crossings, backing an idea that further exposes the Democratic presidential primary's deep ideological divides. The Vermont senator releasing an immigration proposal today writing unauthorized presence in the United States is a civil, not a criminal offense. Got Senator Elizabeth Warren already. Unauthorized presence in the United States. Yeah. Right. Well, then let's civilly deport people. I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but they got to go. You can't be here illegally. Bernie? The question is, who else on the debate stage? Is there anybody on the debate stage that has the guts to not raise their hand? If they would say, who here wants to decriminalize the border? Because they all raised their hand in the past because they were for free health care for illegals. They were too chicken to not. Is uh, does Buttigieg have the 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 courage to say no? I think that's a bad idea. You need to have a border, which at least half of his party would agree with. Mayor Pete is already saying he would support making illegal border crossing civil offenses, but not in cases in which fraud is involved. That is his stance right now. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That's why the yes-no questions are unfair. That right. You might say, yeah, okay, it's it's a traffic ticket and you got to go unless it's repeated crossings, right. fraud, you're a criminal, whatever. Right, right. Although there is no consensus, decriminalization could indeed be a tough general election sell for the Democrats. You think? Meanwhile, billionaire. Well, Mike- I mean, it was the vast majority of Democrats voted for a border wall mm-hmm. not long ago. 
couple of administrations ago. Right. We've played it's the clips so of, uh, of uh, Obama and Nancy and various people talking about it. Bill Clinton, Diane Feinstein, Chuck Schumer, arguing that a border wall will keep us safe. All of them. Billionaire Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates has become the latest public critic of Senator Elizabeth Warren, joining critics who've been going after Warren's proposed wealth tax on the ultra-rich. And while Gates said he supports a higher estate tax, he went on to add, You know, I've paid over $10 billion in taxes. I've paid more than anyone in taxes. But I, you know, I'm glad to have paid, you know, if I'd had to pay $20 billion, it's fine. But... You know, when you say I should pay $100 billion, okay, then I'm starting to do a little math about what I have left over. $7 billion is what you have left over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did he have a point? <laughs> My point would be, why do you think the government is going to do more good with his money than he is? There's a lot of people that I, I don't agree with that, but I, I'm fine with Bill Gates having money because I think he does good with it. But that's that's the trick. You don't oh, get so to, you're right. in charge. No, you don't get to right. pick which billionaires you tax. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Gates going on to add, it's important to keep the rewards for creating successful businesses in place. You really want the incentive system to be there and you can go a long ways without threatening that and after that back and forth he was asked if he'd be willing to sit down and talk to warren about all this his answer you know i'm not sure how open-minded she is uh or that she'd even be willing to sit down with somebody you know who has large amounts of money well bill quickly (laughs) after you uh, appeared in the uh, back and forth warren tweeted in response she's always happy to speak with people who don't share her opinions. And don't worry, Bill, it wouldn't be $100 billion. Like, tag Zuckerberg into bankruptcy. I'm fine with that. <laughs> For instance. Bill Gates is doing okay. <laughs> U.S. prosecutors are saying the Saudi government carried out a coordinated effort to recruit employees at Twitter to look up the private data of Twitter accounts, including email addresses linked to the accounts and internet protocol addresses that can give up a user's location. Then what were they going to do with that information? So you badmouthed the Saudi prince on uh, Twitter. They they find out who you are. And, and then where what are they do gonna, you live. And then what are they going to do? They Send bring in 13 the bone guys saw? with a bone saw. <laughs> what are they going to do? Do you follow the news? Woo! They bring in the BS. The yeah, and the uh, waterproof suitcase. No, I wonder what they wonder what they honestly were going to do. Or can they just put pressure on certain people? They find out, you know, you're a critic, you're on Twitter. Can right. they somehow, yeah. Or, yeah. or manipulate your family? I mean, there'd be a lot of ways sure. you, could, you could get back at it. Absolutely. They're going to do the things despots do to silence uh, dissent. Right. Calm these, discussions. Exactly. Yeah. And the uh, Twitter people are willing to sell out dissidents for money. Nice. A couple of people. So what are they being charged with? Uh, two have been taken in, and, uh, and uh, apparently, I'm not quite sure, it's probably working for... Oh, working Camel for, abuse. No, wor- no, working for a foreign government without declaring that you're a foreign agent. Oh, I That's see. That's what they're okay. going after them right. for. Insomniacs may be more likely to suffer yes, strokes. people have sex with dead people. Is that insomniacs, what insomniacs are? I don't believe that's correct, no. Uh, it's uh, insom- Insomniacs, people who have uh, difficulty sleeping or ah, staying right, asleep. Right, Because yes. of their conscience over having <laughs> sex with the dead. <laughs> anyway, it turns out they may be more likely to suffer a stroke or a heart attack. you got a new study that analyzed the sleep habits of half a million people over a 10-year period. And Which they found- is not helping people sleep, Marshall. Oh, yeah, now I can sleep fine. Yeah, if I'm having I don't trouble sleep- going to sleep, I'll probably be dead <laughs> soon. If I don't fall asleep right now, I'll have a heart attack. <laughs> 
they found those with uh, symptoms of insomnia 22% more likely to have heart disease. I don't I don't really have insomnia, but I will have the problem where um like you got an hour to go or something right. like that and you wake up and like jeez, if I I got to if I get to sleep right now, I'll get a one more hour. Oh. Oh, you're still laying here. Now it's 45 minutes. Right. And that 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 pressure <laughs> right. drive me crazy. So you add to that, if I don't get to sleep, I'm going to have a heart attack. It's going to be hard to get to sleep. That's your news. Not Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You must discipline your mind to think of nothing. Stare into the abyss, nothingness. Clear your mind. Luckily with my lifestyle, I'm generally so exhausted. I fall asleep immediately and (laughs) stay asleep all night long, and it's been that way for about 10 years. The greatest thing to get more sleep is sleep deprivation. (laughs) It certainly helps. It works. And staying away from coffee late in the day, no doubt. Yeah, indeed. Uh, A note from a a friend of Armstrong and Getty involved in the, uh, the, uh, the homeless industrial complex with comments on what we're getting right in that discussion and what we may be missing. I found it uh, both uh, gentlemanly and, and interesting. And that's coming up. Let's see if we can squeeze that in, yeah. Okay, got mm-hmm. this note. This won't take long. Uh, 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 Saudi Prince now owns more of Twitter than Jack Dorsey does. Did you know that? Whoa. I did not. Prince Alawid bin Tala bin Al-Baduzi Aslaud. Too many bins. Yeah, exactly. How many bins in there? Old bin bin, they call him. <laughs> Old bin bin. What's up, bin bin? He invested $300 million in Twitter back in 2011. Wow, that was uh, far thinking. He now owns 35 million shares, um, which is uh, larger than that of Jack Dorsey. Jack not going with the Mark Zuckerberg plan, where he will control uh, Facebook until the day he dies. Anyway, there you go. So it's... There are Saudis with a, a financial stake in Twitter. I've been following the Aramco story a little bit, Sean. Part of the investor class, I'm sure, is too. But um, oh, yeah, totally. The, the biggest think, stock offering ever. Right? Yeah, Aramco might be worth two and a half times what Apple is. Whoa, what? That's be something. The, the most valuable company on earth by multiples. Wow. The Arab American Should I get oil, in now? Uh, oil company. Should I buy? Get in. Get in now. <laughs> what the hell do I know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, the yeah. homeless industrial complex and and. More vague, half-witted stock news coming up. (laughs) Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Graham said today that President Trump's policy toward Ukraine was incoherent and called the administration, quote, incapable of forming a quid pro quo. Ah, yes, the old he couldn't have committed these crimes, he's too stupid defense. <laughs> Lindsey Graham would make the world's cattiest defense lawyer. Yana, my client was at home on the night in question. I know because he is never invited anywhere. Uh, Lindsey Graham did say that, <laughs> that uh, he doesn't think this crew could pull off a quid pro quo which is is an interesting defense i think hapless is a better word than stupid but that is precisely what he said Hmm. yeah this administration their ukraine policy was so hapless nobody knew what was going on there's no quid pro quo because nobody had any idea what they were doing it's uh, again a caddy defense (laughs) public hearings next week i'm sure we'll get to talk about it plenty no stop it you talk about it you can't make me 
Here's a uh, friend of Armstrong and Getty, Fagafee. Friend of Armstrong and Getty over 15 years, Al Anonymous. Now runs a large nonprofit in a western city that does uh, just the permanent supportive housing you're discussing regarding exorbitant costs. You remember when we were talking about the $400,000 per unit in L.A., for instance? Um, that's what he's talking about. Um, and the creation of an industry to spend the money provided to help solve the housing crisis. We we're talking about the homeless industrial complex, how there's a tremendous amount of money sloshing around now. And people are getting that money. Who's getting it? Why? What are they providing? Are they doing a good job? And But it's like any government program. It just becomes this, en- <laughs> this enormous, delicious government money teat. Pardon the imagery. Um, while I agree with all of your conclusions and overarching uh, goals and points, I think I'm going to stop there. So as we rant and rave about this stuff, this person who's involved in it says, you're right. Thank you for saying so. But he wants to quibble with one aspect. The cost of the housing is not due to waste. It's due to the requirements needed to be able to do the work the way those providing the money require and intend it to be spent. The $400,000 per unit you're talking about is for operating costs, not building costs. Um, Although I have been told on pretty good authority that the building costs are also exorbitant because, like any government contract, you can bid low, then overbill, and and the rest of it. But anyway, um, the largest cost by far is staffing. On a typical 150-unit affordable housing or typical market building, we would have roughly a manager, an assistant, a maintenance manager, a maintenance tech, and then maybe a groundskeeper or housekeeper, depending on the community space and grounds. On a permanent supportive housing building, we would need an additional six to eight desk clerks, two additional janitors, and depending on the number of service providers we have, to coordinate another property manager or assistant. Now, is that something the unions push through, or who, who demands that? Um, he said the people paying for it, which would be the city councils, I'd imagine. Just to create I jobs? Mean, the taxpayers are paying for it. I realize What's that. What's their motivation? Is it Permanent supportive housing is a combination of a place to live and a bunch of programs. Picture a nursing home, a retirement home, um, an Alzheimer's care home. It's more than just apartments. It's a staff. It's services. It's the rest of it. Um, let's see. A desk clerk is required to be on site 24 hours a day for intake coordination and dealing with incidents. I can get into the other extremely expensive costs related to building security, monitoring, hazmat, pest control, and utility efficiency required by the city, but this email has gone too long already. No, it's a, it, it hasn't. It's actually quite informative. Uh, let me know if you'd like more information, though. We do. Um, so you got people that are homeless. They're living under an overpass. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by filth and danger and cold and wet. But we're going to make sure they live somewhere that's got year-round pest control and an all-night clerk to answer any questions. Right. We're going to make this mandatory before you can build them any housing. Right. That seems uh, like a great idea. Yeah, well, it it, it sounds like perfect being the enemy of good Absolutely. Uh, my only question... Absolutely, that's what it is. And we'll we'll get back in touch with Al. My only question is... The $400, I'm sorry, if only, the $400,000 per unit figure, I mean, that's that's a a, a, a stated cost. 
If you're talking about ongoing costs, there's no way to narrow it down to a figure. You'd have it per year, per month, or whatever. So I'm a little confused how those two facts square. But many of us have lived in crappy apartments, and we were, you know, we were just fine. Everything worked out fine. But the idea of uh, getting a maintenance person there uh, to get something fixed was not right. that easy. Because <clears throat> right. we were living in crappy, cheap apartments. Homeless people deserve better than that. Got to have somebody on staff all the time. Make sure you, know, you get to that right away and everything's fixed. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe it's worth Why? pointing out. It's at least worth pointing out or asking the question to our more uh, soft-hearted and, in my mind, soft-headed advocates for certain homeless programs. We're not just talking about a space to live in. We're talking about a retirement home, like a really good one, a high-endish one. Um, the mentally ill? Okay, let's talk about that. The just-need-some-help-getting-on-their-feet type don't need permanent supportive housing. They just need maybe some place to stay, and they get a job interview, they land a job, six months later they're back uh, on their way. Or maybe a year, it takes a while to get credit for an apartment, whatever. We can talk about that. But just the losers and junkies? Yeah, the place you just described. Can I continue to get drunk every night watching TV and then sleep late every day? Increasingly, and there? yes. Then the why would yes. I? Then the why move would... is toward low barrier shelters. Then why would I ever get a job and stop living that lifestyle? You never would. I'm going to become gets drunk every afternoon, evening, watching sports guy and just do that the rest of my life. You say that like it's a bad thing. I um, wasn't trying to anyway, imply that. Uh, Marshall, I don't know. I, 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 he I was, was only, looking at you when he said uh, I, I was no, only I trying to that. imply that me paying for that lifestyle is a bad thing. You want to do that, feel free. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Al. That's that's great. Hmm. Um, there is, you know, I, somebody I care about, and, and I'm, I, I would never want to embarrass this person, once said, you know, everybody's always talking about the homeless crisis, but nobody's doing anything about it. And I said, what, what do you propose? And the greeting card slogans that are chucked about or the, the chants at marches and all are utterly useless for dealing with a complicated and incredibly expensive problem. And I tell you what, and I speak for a hell of a lot of people. Uh, as we're taking the journey toward this incredibly complex and perhaps impossible solution, how about you, the authorities, stand up for the taxpayers and the people whose quality of life is being ruined uh, while we get there, huh? That would be nice. I don't want the show to be over, but I am ready to listen to the final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host. Joe Getty. Smash it. Number three with a bullet. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, huh? There he is, pressing the buttons. Michelangelo, final thought. You know, I hate how people skip over Thanksgiving. I can't believe the number of houses in my neighborhood that are already have put up their Christmas lights. This started on Halloween. You people are sick. Christmas lights are up pre-Thanksgiving. Yes. That's wrong. Yeah. Jesus does not approve. Wow. Okay. <laughs> there you have it. Noted uh, authority Jack there. Uh, positive Sean, final thought? And I quote, mm-hmm-hmm. We're a cool one million away. We're a cool. Um, start again. And I quote: "We're a cool one million dollars away from my voice being heard in the final stretch of the campaign. 
Imagine TV ads about Department of Peace, Department of Children, Youth, Reparations, Whole Health whole health Care Plan, and more. Let's do this. Marianne Williamson asking for donations to get her back in the mix. Yes, give, give generously. Marsha Phillips, our esteemed newsman. Well, you know, now that I've given up what you people like to call gambling, I have a void I need to fill. I need a hobby of some sort. Positive Sean this morning suggested ships in a bottle. So I'll think <laughs> about it. Ships in a bottle. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share with us? Uh, I was talking earlier about uh, mailing stool samples. Apparently, if you have the proper envelope, you can mail that through the U.S. mail. I feel like there's uh, no such thing as a proper envelope. We've got about 100 texts recommending that, so... If for some reason you want to mail that around to your friends or family or, or enemies. Maybe it's <laughs> your enemies. <laughs> I swear there's a dog poo mailing outfit that you can give it in 1999. They'll mail some poo for you. But who knows? Maybe they're outside the law. Yeah. I think humans are different there. Yes, for some pretty good reasons. Yeah. If only we had more time for the biology of excrement, but we don't. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a lot of great clicks for you there. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. All the podcasts are there, the hot links, the stories we talked about, and many we didn't get to. Will we see you tomorrow? We will. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I I did not say that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. (laughs) That's sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say... How very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? But it must suck to be that dumb. Armstrong and Getty.